Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Welcome to Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I was just telling Wes in my shuffle yesterday, listening to music, Down with the King came on. And as soon as that drop happened, I expected the show to start. I almost <laughs> reached for my headphones, put them on. I tried to grab the mic in the car, yeah. and I realized, wait, I'm driving. False alarm, Walker. You're just listening to Run DMC. It is not, indeed, the three kings coming on with Wes and Walker. It happens, man. And that might be the dopest song mashup ever because both songs are fire. I remember vividly going to Beaver's Music in uh, Port Wentworth, Georgia. to Beaver's get- Music? Yeah, Beaver's Music okay. and Movies. I'm sorry, this, the, the video rental store to buy Down with the King, for which my grandmother at the time, who was not hip to what was going on, thought it was a song full of cursing, would not let me get it, <laughs> and I proceeded to cry in the van. And my cousin said then they knew uh, my love for hip-hop ran deep and my taste was exquisite, the fact that I cried over a song yes. as fire as Down with the King. Yes, in, in Catawba County at Bunker Hill, my English teacher was fantastic, <laughs> but yeah. I had something very similar where there was a stereotype about a song I was about to talk about. Okay. And so the project, before we dive in, we'll get there quickly, yeah. but there was a project where we would have to take a song mm-hmm. and then read the lyrics before we played it in the classroom. It was my freshman year, yeah. and I chose Don't Believe the Hype, by public enemy yeah and so the english teacher very cool right just said hey look we we can't have public enemy i look i get it it's an awesome song but you can't read it i was like you know uh mr waters was his name big Mm -hmm. shout out to mr waters like Mm -hmm. mr waters i'm telling you right now there's zero cursing in here he's like what no no not one not (laughs) one curse word not anything bad and then he read it all the way through like all right go ahead i apologize and so then i did my poem slash song project on don't believe the high public enemy that's what's up man hip-hop infiltrating uh, school projects uh i've done that a few times as well 100 percent. all right let's have bryce young infiltrate the show to start us off here because he just completed his visit with carolina bryce young is the guy picking up the most steam it was cj stroud at the beginning of this number one overall process and then we flirted with anthony richardson we still are 10 toes nine toes down don't know how many toes down we got from west and different people but bryce young clearly at the top especially even when you talk about the vegas odds let's dive on in talk about his visit and then also pose the question to you on the garage door guru text line if you were courting the number one overall qb prospect here in the city of charlotte where would you take him when you have these official visits, where are you taking these guys? What 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 restaurant, what venue, whatever? 704-570-9610, 704-570-9610. Feel free to text us where you would take some of these number one overall prospects. And with that, bus driver Lil Country, help us get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! 
course, after the visit, everybody is saying how impressive he was. I expected nothing different. Bryce Young still taking pretty much he's bringing a lot of popularity as the possible number one overall pick. Mock drafts all over the place if you subscribe to that sort of thing. A lot of them got C.J. Stroud. A lot of them got Bryce Young. Maybe a couple of quarterbacks making appearances elsewhere outside of those two. But really, it is Bryce Young with all of the popularity, with all of the momentum right now. And apparently, this visit went well. It's something we all expected. Anything that you take note from what you saw after the visit here in Carolina for the Alabama QB West? No, it's about what you'd expect. You know what I'm saying? People love Bryce Young, his personality. He's a good kid. So, I mean, you, you're you not going to get anything but glowing reviews when you talk about how he is as a young man. Just a continuation of what they said it was during the draft process uh, when they went and had dinner with him before uh, his pro day. Mm-hmm. And that's, well, hopefully they took him to some good spots. And so 336 said, Fig Tree, you are spending a ton of money. They can afford it, yeah. and you're going to do that. But that's the thing. If you're a number one prospect, Wes, do you want to have the ultimate fine dining experience where it's a little too buttoned up, or do you want to be more relaxed? Is Fig Tree cool for you? What kind of experience do you want if you're Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, any of these guys? Well, I mean, if, off top, if I'm in that position, I mean, I'm going to be me. So, you know, I'm going to dress how I want to so dress no matter what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm that guy. So, you know what I'm saying? But I, I would be probably business uh, casual, you know, a little okay. sports jacket, V-neck, something like that. Some sneakers and jeans. Of course. Yeah. All right. 602 said take him to Mac's house. Uh, we have to we have to check with Mac first, but we can take him to Mac's house. <laughs> uh, Stanford P, he said take them to meet Josh Marlowe, the heart and soul of Charlotte sports radio and sports media. Would you be down to court some of these number one picks? Fitty, and how good of a job do you think you would make a, uh, Charlotte attractive to these guys? I don't know if I'm qualified. I can't court women. What makes you think I yeah. can draft NFL draft prospects? But I'd like the opportunity to try. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Uh, 704 said, Web Custom Kitchen. Never been there before. Panther Bow said, that. Moosehead for lunch and then roll to Bradshaw's to woo them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said bougie? No, I've been there before. Moosehead. Moose. I mean, they got good wings. People love their wings. That is a uh, place I take a draft. And people love the wings, though. I mean, especially for you. Yeah. You love chicken wings as much I as do, anybody. But, yeah, I'm not taking a prospect. Um, Pinkies is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine bringing someone? Where, where would you take them? Walk. We we have to give our rendition. Of All right, go ahead. Well, you 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 hit us first. Where are you taking? Well, I definitely them? dinner. We do merchant and trade. You know what okay. I'm saying? That would be the nightcap because I want him to see the city and all its beauty from mm-hmm. a rooftop bar to tell him this can be yours when uh-huh. we draft you and you come in uh, and ball out for lunch, uh, we probably do something bougie as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be a lot of eating like a recruiting trip. So I, I do that. I'll probably take him to 1058 Thomas Davis's uh, sports yeah. bar so he could meet TD and then we watch some games or something like that and chill uh, to end the night after merchant trade. The lunch spot, though, uh, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to think about that one for a second, but it'd probably be somewhere uh, kind of fancy. Oh, 704. Yes, my true spirit animal on the text line. I don't make enough money to even know the names of any restaurants Tepper can afford to take these prospects. That's a fair answer. I don't know the restaurants. I might know them from the outside, but I do not know them from the inside. I like some of that. I was thinking of Mertz in Uptown. I thought that would be kind of cool. bad. I think that'd be good. good spot for lunch. Yeah, because I think think you want something casual and normal 
normal feeling, but also really cool. And you get to be in Uptown, so you get to be a part of the big city. I might take them to Fuel Pizza. Fuel Pizza. Yeah. I've only... Yeah. Went out you, of business. Well, yeah, did well, it? well, it did. Well, I guess on, we can't go it, there. It did on South Boulevard. Do they not have Fuels in Is Uptown Is the one anymore? Uptown still there? Let's I, see. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, if you're going to Fuels, then are you drunk at 3 a.m.? Because that's the only time I've been to Fuels here recently. <laughs> they have elite garlic knots. Oh, the, the pizza's good. When you walk in, it feels... It, it is so good, especially when you talk about being a little inebriated and there's no place open. Yeah, no, Those it looks like only... it is gone. Okay. All right. So no more fuels. Man, does that... Do you need a moment? Do you no, need no, a moment no. That's okay. fine. I mean, I didn't eat that that often. <laughs> no, you're good. But that's that's where I would go. Um, yeah, Stanford P said it's closed on South Boulevard. Okay. And uh, somebody did say Fuel Uptown, it's closed. So there we go. We got the official word there. We can't go. Oh, I took him to the open kitchen. That's why I did. People wrote that in, too. Yeah, yeah Noble Smoke. People writing that in. You'd There's be pretty full by the time we got done. Yeah, 100%. And, of course, people are going with uh, Gentleman's Club and Uptown Cabaret. Or <laughs> 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 well, what if he's not that type of young man yeah, he I mean, says, I don't want to go there. He might not be. And David Tepper going over there, it's not like, you know, do you just rent it out? You can't keep a low profile out yeah, there. So I don't know if David Tepper would be the one if he is a part of the courting, which I imagine he is. Now, clearly, don't know how much they have to court any of these QBs because they are going to go. They have the power to make That's any right. of these QBs the number one overall pick. And it does seem like somebody wrote here, I think it was TC that wrote in the text line, Bryce Young does seem to be separating himself. Here's my question, Wes. This is always such a roller coaster process, mm-hmm. every single NFL draft, but even more so this year, because there are a couple of quarterbacks worthy of being that number one overall selection, as we've mentioned millions of times. It is not Trevor Lawrence. It is not Joe Burrow. It is not the easy answer at number one. You've got some deciphering to do. I love Bryce Young, but I also really like C.J. Stroud, and I totally get if you want him to be the number one pick. If you think that Anthony Richardson can come along smoothly and maybe a little bit more quickly than everyone else thinks, then I get why Anthony Richardson might be your number one pick. But with all of that being said, do you think we're going to go back and you know continue to fluctuate on this roller coaster, or do you think Bryce Young is here to stay as the separator and as the favorite? No, as the number like one I pick? said, I don't think they know what they want to do okay. yet. I've said it over and over again. I think that it is all over the place. I think on different days, they have a different uh, prospect in mind. If anybody, I would say that I feel like is maybe kind of falling to the wayside somewhat. I mean, the C.J. Stroud kind of love is starting to die down just a bit because people are talking about Bryce Young so much. But I still think it's between those three guys. I'm still rolling with uh, Anthony Richardson as it stands right now. Uh, I just think you keep seeing a little sneaky stuff here and there. But, no, I don't think Bryce Young has separated himself. Uh, Stanford P said Walker would take them to some wild fish expo. There is a convention <laughs> in June, so maybe we just wait till June and we go to a fish expo there. Yeah. That would be Discovery something that I would place. go to. And, oh, man, especially Science on the Rocks. Yeah. Yes, sir. Please make me the number one pick. I need to go to that. I think they're still doing it for a couple months. Speaking of recommendations, big shout to 773. I don't know why this makes me as happy as any text we get but when people follow through on recommendations that happen on the show that makes me happy 773 said fellas i went to the crunkleton last night for the half off tomahawks after i heard about it on your show great recommendation we need more so i can try them all and we need to be up in there eating as well yes. we're sending business there. but also big shout to michael who brought it to our attention so michael who we saw at carolina yeah. Ale house when we were advertising and we yeah. were out there amongst the people yes michael we is the one that gave it 
to an off tomahawk. So we appreciate Michael for that recommendation as well as 773. We appreciate you actually following through on some of that. And speaking of recommendations, we would oftentimes when we would talk about food, there would be so many different times where someone said, man, I'm driving in the car. Suddenly this wheel is going to Taco Boom, Bell. Whip so it, I, I whip can't, it, I can't help it. it. And I think we have our own representative, Wes, for a fast food draft tomorrow on the Mac and Bone Show. Fitty's going to be manning us. Like, Fitty, you're representing us as a show when you do this fast food draft because they've been doing these drafts a little bit more recently. It's a big responsibility. Are you up for representing us during this fast food draft? I'd like to think that my gut and my double chin would say yes. (laughs) And the fact that I woke up at 4 a.m. in the morning to throw up because of my diet. So I think I am well represented. I'm going to do well tomorrow on the draft. You got food poisoning? I don't know what I got. You got something going on? making you throw up. You got food poisoning from something. Well, food poisoning, it would be all bad. It's like fast and furious. I mean, it, Do you it's have an go. appetite? Right now? Yeah. Yeah, I could eat. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I know anytime I've gotten it, it zaps my appetite for like two days. Now, that's what happened to the cookout right around right uh, Bone Freedom. <laughs> yeah. You've had awful experiences with a cookout, and I apologize for that because we were responsible for one. All right, let's go on to the next segment. Let's continue to talk about the Carolina Panthers, the number one overall draft pick, but really, let's even talk about the front office. The Panthers' vice president of football operations, Steve Drummond, has resigned. That really broke within an hour, um, or a couple hours, I should say, of us hopping on the mic. How much has changed with Carolina? We kind of dissect that. Coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's hard not to dance with this. And I always respect Fitty for dancing to the beats that need to be danced to. <laughs> Usually that one gets you. So there's some that will get us as well. And then sometimes one of us will be moving. Some The the best is when all three of us are moving to oh, a yeah, beat. Yeah, it, yeah. it really sets up a segment nicely. That's a very fun clip. The, the, we, we, need to, we need to have a camera in here to catch some of that stuff. No, we don't. Not for you. You're right. Honestly, we do. Just to hold you in check every now and then. I mean, we can mute it during breaks. When you press the button, hopefully the camera would also mute. If not, (laughs) I don't even know what to tell y'all. Like, y'all going to have a hard time functioning during that. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ reminding you about Charlotte FC season, Major League Soccer. It's now in full effect in the WFNZ Jack Daniels doghouse is open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by, get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and the postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, 
and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. That's what I was teasing going into the break. Surprising news, honestly. Panthers Vice President of Football Operations, Stephen Drummond, has resigned after spending nearly two decades with the franchise. Carolina announced this earlier today, really a couple of hours ago, and Joe Person had this write-up pretty quickly afterwards. Here are a couple of the bullet points you need to know. Drummond was the highest-ranking black official on the football side of the organization, behind GM Scott Fitter and assistant GM Dan Morgan. He is the latest executive to leave the Panthers' front office or Tepper Sports and Entertainment following Nick Kelly, former CEO of Tepper Sports, and Tom Glick, Premier League's Chelsea named Tom Glick its president of business last July after he left Carolina. So Glick leaves Tepper Sports and Entertainment and actually becomes some authority figure with Chelsea, a monster club in what is you know maybe the most popular sport in the world when we're talking about soccer, especially in the Premier League. So Stephen Drummond, this is interesting, right? Because anytime that you would see a picture of David Tepper circulating on social media, if he was out in an event... If you saw him watching the game from whatever his designated spot was, you saw Stephen Drummond right there a lot. And that's been the case really ever since Tepper bought the team. Tepper clearly more visible than the late Jerry Richardson, who was forced to sell the team after the explosive Sports Illustrated article. David Tepper comes in as the owner and Steve Drummond continues to climb up the ranks. It's an interesting story with Stephen Drummond, right? Because if you look at what he's been, what he's meant to this team, he's meant a lot at different levels, Wes. I mean, he's been with the Panthers since 05. He's been in a lot of different roles. He was promoted to director of communications in 2015, and he oversaw all the Panthers communications and media relations once Super Bowl 50 hit. And again, a lot of information here um, is is being reported by Joe Person and just acknowledged here in the write-up. Drummond also added some of the titles as far as being in charge of digital media and broadcasting in 2017. All right, so there's another responsibility. You see, a year later, the team named him the Vice President of Communications and External Affairs, and he's held the position of VP of Football Operations since 2021. I mean, Wes, this is a guy that every two years or so would have some kind of promotion, mean a little bit more, and here's Steve Drummond, what, not even a month before the NFL draft? He's like, all right. I'm out of here. He did not give you specific details as to why he was leaving, but he said this, quote, with the changes this offseason, this seemed like a good time to transition to other interests. I have enjoyed my time with the Panthers and appreciate the opportunities they gave me. I will continue to root for their success. Wes, where do your thoughts lead you as you see this news, Stephen Drummond resigning? Well, I saw he's pursuing an MBA at North Carolina, so I don't know, you know, if school and the job that he was doing would be too much. You wouldn't think that it is, but who knows, man? I mean, 20 years is a long time to do anything, and maybe he just got to a point to, like he said, with all the changes going on, he said, hey, man, I'm just going to step away. Uh, I'm sure he's made plenty of Skrilla during his time doing that job, and I'm sure the next things that he uh, has lined up for himself will also be uh, lucrative for him, whether it's life-wise, financially, or whatever the case may be, man. Sometimes people just, you know, get tired and grow apart from what they're doing, and they're ready to move on to something else. Well, I think some of the interesting stuff here is that second bullet point I read, and maybe I, I just kind of moved on it without giving it enough. I just wanted to give people some information. But that bullet point about Nick Kelly leaving, about 
Tom Glick leaving and now somebody as high up as a Stephen Drummond leaving, I could understand why people would raise an eyebrow and just continue to use that as evidence against David Tepper's managerial style or ownership style, if you will. And so you've had some pretty high up figures now, both apart. I mean, you got to think about it, too. This is Charlotte FC's second season, right? Like business decisions have been in place for longer than just two seasons. This is the only second season in action for Charlotte FC. But even still, the young franchise's existence and still two guys like that leaving i would understand why people would raise an eyebrow at that 100 percent. i don't know if i feel like steven drummond even like you might smell something fishy here let's go with some reckless speculation well, i'm always here and, for and it. Let's that's, get it. that's fine i don't know how reckless <laughs> it is but for me it, it wouldn't make sense because steven drummond again as i mentioned He's only gone up in this organization since David Tepper took over ownership. So this is not one of those things where Michael Jordan might sell majority stake in the team. And then whenever Gabe Plotnick, whenever, or Plotkin, excuse me, whenever we see Rick Schnall take over, if that is indeed the group that purchases majority stake, mm-hmm. we're all kind of anticipating them moving on and possibly going with a clean slate mindset. If not in the first year, then a pretty short leash for the authority figures, maybe the next season, but that had happened with Steven Drummond, right? This is someone that continued to move up in the ranks. And again, I can't stress it enough. It was, it was kind of funny. It was almost like a where's Waldo type of picture thing. Where's Steven Drummond? Oh, there he is. Like if you took a picture of David Tepper, he was there. And those two guys, you know, they were the first two in command almost. And now you have Scott Fitter as the GM, of course, the ranking officials, the highest ones. Now, Dan Morgan, a part of that. It is interesting. The timing seems weird here with all of the changes. You would think that Drummond would be more so above all of that. But now, as we talk about the mainstays, the the bridge between two eras, it is literally only the owner now. And I'm sure there are names that I'm not knowing, right? I'm sure there are not names that I'm not thinking of. But as far as the big figures, your Ron Rivera's, your Marty Herney's, you know, going even to a Matt Rule where it was the first um, David Tepper hired guy, right? Like now you're starting to see this only being David Tepper's organization with zero fingerprints from Jerry Richardson as he once knew it. Yeah, I mean... I, I like that you did bring that to the table because I I was kind of taking my mind as far as what could be something underlying that as to why this happened because obviously I saw this this morning as well, and you know just looking at it on the surface it doesn't seem that way I just wonder you know because you do think about some of the things that do go against Tepper and some of the things that people do not like about him and you do wonder if there is something else uh, going on behind the scenes uh, so I mean I guess. It's anybody's guess, I would say. Well, and yeah, and I don't look. I, it's not like I'm trying to lead people down this road. Hey, everybody, pay attention. There's something going on here. Like there's something weird. I think that no, was but it's o- worse. Well, and I think it was okay w- when it happened with Nick Kelly and Tom Glick, especially with Charlotte FC. But but Stephen Drummond, right? Like at least at least from our point of view, that was someone that continued to move up. That was somebody that continued to have you know, that would continue to get promoted in a bunch of different roles. And so maybe it is just other interest as he describes it here, right? Like where he is pursuing, as you mentioned, with that fact that you just brought up, I'm trying to get it exactly I mean, right you, here. But yeah. you would think about working in an organization like that 20 plus years, the way he continued to ascend it. I mean, wouldn't you want to retire? 
doing something like that? Like go as long as you possibly could. Well, and and plus, you know, this it would make sense too. Maybe so. Maybe you learn some kind of business game, and then you decide that you want to go do your own thing. That makes total sense. It makes total sense if that's something that you would want to do. And as you mentioned, just to repeat it real quickly, Drummond was selected to participate in the NFL Stanford University Executive Development Program in 2012 and 2021. So now, as you mentioned, he's currently pursuing his MBA. In uh, at North Carolina, so you know that's still going on with him. You so maybe there's other endeavors. School, but other than that, <laughs> Fiddy, Fiddy feels like this is the right school for Stephen Drummond. That real classes he's taking? Uh, yes, I would imagine so. Right. Yeah, I Just think so. Sure. Oh no, Fiddy, that's that's one that Fiddy is going to blow up on. <laughs> Let's move on real quickly. So just some news there. Just interesting, right? That that that's taking place right now. I did bring up the Charlotte Hornets aspect of this. Wes, do you expect? When Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, if it indeed happens, maybe it doesn't, maybe it takes a long time, kind of led to believe that a little bit with what Mitch Kupchak was saying yesterday about the team. We just don't have a specific timeline in place here. But when it or if it happens, do you expect for Plotkin and Schnall to undergo this complete clean house mindset? Do you think Mitch Kupchak gone, Steve Clifford gone, everybody a part of the organization, or do you think there are a decent amount of holdovers here? Man, it just depends on their mentality, how they want to approach things, obviously. I mean, is this going to be the type of ownership group that wants to win now and win big that's going to be aggressive, more aggressive than we've ever seen with the Charlotte Hornets? Because, you know, to be frank, in Hornets history, I can't really think of – you know, the owners that were just extremely aggressive. And maybe they are like that. And if that's the case, maybe they do get rid of them. Maybe they do want to hit a home run with uh, a new head coach. But I would say if I had to gamble on which side I would go to, I would say no. Uh, I don't think there would be a clean house mindset. Now, Michael Jordan's still the owner for now. And if they go through next season, and if next season is more of the same as far as them just not being successful, then I would probably say so. But I think if they are able to have some success, get to the playoffs, make a little noise, uh, then I think that they'll probably try to keep some things in place. Yeah, I, I think if if they do clean house, then it's not like they wouldn't have any leg to stand on. Yeah. It's not like this has been a wildly successful tr- franchise with the authority figures in place right now, right? Like Mitch Kupchak, he's under some pressure, especially because we thought Mitch Kupchak might be gone even after last year. Jake Fisher came out with that report that he might move into a different role with the organization, but no longer being the GM, making some of these personnel decisions. So then I got to ask him during media availability last year, hey, what's the deal? And he told us that he'd signed a two-year contract. And so, you know, you can get dropped from that, but signing a new contract, here he is making decisions in what is a wildly important draft. Hopefully you get the number one pick. Not hard to mess that one up. But if you get second, third, fourth, fifth, something like that, then, you know, the chops are tested a little bit because it's not a unanimous what you're going to do there at fourth overall. How mad do you think MJ would be if if uh, these guys take over or if they took over and they got Wimby? And then he'd be like, man. Well, like, that's but but that'd be crazy. But Michael has control over the timing. Right. So it's not going to yes. happen. Right. So so if they get Wimby, that means immediately the franchise is more valuable. You think he would change his mind? I wonder how much stake he... I wonder if it does affect the kind of stake he wants to hold in it. Yeah. I do wonder that. I don't think it would change his mind as far as, nope, I'm good, I'm going to keep majority stake. But I do want... I mean, it, it would quite literally... It would it would be more valuable. It would. Because it, it's not like Wimbenyama is this American prospect where you're not expanding 
expanding some kind of popularity. I mean, this is global now. And I'm telling you, you know, for for Lockdown Hornets, right? For even when Jeremy Lin was in town, right? Jeremy Lin, beloved figure all across the world. And so Jeremy Lin's stands were crazy. They were nuts. You couldn't say anything bad about him or your comment section was popping. So now with Wimbenyama playing in France, having that audience now, of course, having the audience here as soon as he comes over to the NBA, a lot of eyeballs mean some money, some Skrilla, to use my co-host words. Like that's Skrilla a little bit more than that. I took French in uh, high school, so, you know, I can get it in, decipher the comments for you a little bit if you need me to, if they start to talk and create. I would love to. Can you give me some sort of French sentence right Uh, now? Je vous en prie, Wesley. <laughs> that was so, uh, did you just tell I us your name was that, Wesley? I, I believe that's what it was. Okay, I mean, you know, French was end of the quarter. Had to go in, do a few things, get some assignments done to get that grade up a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, because I wasn't too thrilled about having to take foreign languages mandatory. If we get an interview with Wimbenyama because he is the number I one may overall be able pick, to do it well, I bit. figured you would test it. Yes, well, that's a West move. Yes. I could see you testing some yes. some of the French language sure. on him and seeing if that would work. Yeah. How crazy! I if if that happens, you know, Mark Williams, he joined us at the very end of our Monday show. Yeah, just and he, Wimby walking in. Mark Williams is seven foot. Dude's got a seven nine wingspan. Okay, yeah. crazy. Imagine seven foot five Wimby having to duck under the door frame just to fit, and then he's just you know his knees are the way up at his ears because he's sitting down on these little chairs that we had over there, just because how it is. I really want that to happen for us, Wes. I do too, and I, and I believe my name is Jim Appel. I think that's it. Is. It I've heard Jim that Appel. before. Jim Appel Wesley. Okay, we need to figure out something to do with that. <laughs> there needs to be some kind of segment yes. where you speak French, and then you could speak to Wimby. Yeah. Yes. Man. So it's going to be more valuable. I I think with Mitch Kupchak, you know, he talked about this a little bit yesterday too, and he said it's not necessarily the basketball operations side of things that changes a whole lot, and, and I. I'm glad he emphasized that because it's not something that I've been reminded a lot of, right? Like it's not something that I think people settle down about because he's right. If ownership changes hands, basketball operations doesn't change all that much. You can change who makes those decisions, but you still got the players in house right now. You still have to make these external decisions right now. The same thing with the draft coming up, right? And beyond. And so I'm glad Mitch Kupchak did kind of remind us, whether you know you liked some of the comments or not from yesterday, there's plenty on both sides. But I did I did like that Mitch was was reminding, hey, look, I'm still doing my job regardless. This is it's not going to change. Maybe I get different orders from Plotkin or whatever, but I'm going to have a top five pick. Like what what kind of variance do you want me to have here? I, I'm going to pick between these guys. It's going to be Wimby. Oh, Wimby's not available. Do you like Scoot? Cool. Okay, take him. No. Do you want the Thompson twins? Take Amen. Okay, cool. Like it's not like there's going to be a huge difference there. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if this thing does change hands to Plotkin and Schnall, a part of that group. All right, it'll change hands now. We're going to give the mic to Fitty for the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us? We're going to turn our attention back to the NFL. New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley does not plan to sign his franchise tender before the team's offseason program begins on Monday, according to Newsday and ESPN's Adam Schefter. If the Giants do not sign Barkley to a long-term deal by July 15th, the two-time Pro Bowler would make 10 Just a little over $10 million in 2023 under the one-year franchise tender. Do you guys expect them to come to a long-term resolution? And if not, what is the the, the future for Saquon Barkley in the Big Apple? 
Wow, I think I think they will come to an agreement. I mean, hopefully, but if not, I think they may end up. I don't think they'll trade him. I think he's too valuable. Their whole offseason was centered around him and Daniel Jones and getting them locked up. I know if it was up to Walker Mail, he'd pay him five bucks a carry. But, uh, you know what I'm saying, hopefully they can get something done. Do I think that they will? Uh, I'll have good faith that I think they do. But good for Saquon. He needs to hold out and get his money because of that running back position that's been so devalued. The, the top end of the running backs usually get paid, though. I mean, if, if you're talking about the guys making double-digit millions annually, you're talking about Derrick Henry. He got it. Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. He got it. Todd Gurley, even going back further, Devontae Freeman. They got it. Who has been the guy that is as good as Saquon that got traded? And was not paid by his team. Teams are still a little scared to move on immediately from the top end running backs. I mean, Austin Eckler would be one answer, but he's already under contract and he's older now, right? Yeah, and he hadn't gotten a thousand yards in a season either. Not rushing, but total, he's had as many as anybody. And yeah. so I still find that valuable. And that's the thing about Saquon is that he can receive the ball pretty well too. I think they pay him, and I understand why. I just, you know, you have to wonder with with what Carolina got for McCaffrey with all of his injury concerns and problems. You think that changes it? I think it's kind of way into the conversation, right? Because like Carolina proved you could still get a lot of, 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 of draft capital for him. That Giants roster still needs to upgrade its talent. I, I think a trade is on the table more than we're probably thinking right now. Yeah, maybe. And, and both guys, too, have injury history. It's not like Christian McCaffrey was the healthiest guy in the world after missing majority of the two prior seasons. And so with Saquon having that and Carolina still got that kind of package, maybe it would make sense for the Giants to trade him. I eventually don't think they do. But, yeah, maybe that trade does start to change some things. All right, let's move on. We got a visit to the mound segment. Fitty gets to talk some baseball. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Hurry up, Dad. It's going to be a short game and i got to get home for lunch. It's my dog. Is as ugly as you? I'd shave his butt. You tell him to walk backwards. Is that your sister out there in left field? Naked? She's naked? You think she'd go out with me? And we're back. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 FM from the Planet Kia Studios. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit those socials, Wesson Walker Twitter, the WFNZ Twitter, and the WFNZ Instagram. And you can go find our uh, Twitters and Instagrams going a little Easter egg hunt. I know it's a bit belated. But now, without further ado, it is time to take a visit to the mound. Josh Fitty Marlowe, take it away, baby. All right, guys. I want to pick up where we left off the end of the show yesterday talking about 
the historic start to the season for the Rays. They won again last night. They are now 11-0 on the season, which is the second-best start in Major League Baseball history behind the 1982 Braves and the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers. Both of those teams would start the year 13-0. You were talking about their run differential yesterday, Walker. It's now plus 63. Here's a, here's a stat for you. They have hit 29 home runs as a team in their first 11 games. They've only allowed 20 runs. Like, you're talking about a team that is scoring at a rather historic pace via the long ball, something that was not expected of them. They were not supposed to be a team to hit the home run ball the way they have to start the year. But 20 runs in 11 games, that's less than two runs per game. This isn't sustainable uh, uh, over the course of a 162-game season. But it is rather nuts the way they're just blowing teams out on a nightly basis. I just love that it's Tampa Bay, the franchise synonymous with not paying players and just because they're trying to go cheap, right? Because this is not the same kind of franchise that can make all the money like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, even like the Mets with Steve Cohen taking over for that organization. And yet here they are starting the year 11-0, and it does not matter what happens to them. They're always going to find a way to be in the mix with some crazy voodoo witchcraft whether it be from Joe Madden to start all this off, whether it be Kevin Cash, who is also kind of practicing this sort of thing, and the fact that it doesn't matter, banning the shift, changing the game to make sure that the uh, pitch clock is a part of this, it doesn't matter. The Rays will find a way before you do to be a fantastic baseball team. I, l- I hope that they run it all, like, right? Like, they're not going to win every single game, clearly. This is not <laughs> analysis. But what I do hope is that they go on some kind of historic record and that they win the whole thing even after all these changes. I, I love what we're seeing from the Rays. Yeah, right I mean, now. they are the embodiment of uh, the movie Major League come to life. You know what I'm saying? And so I enjoy seeing this, too, because this is a franchise that they try in each and every way to uh, be cheap behinds, I guess, to uh, put it politely. Well, but, and plus, they're not making money, right? Like, there's, yeah. it's, it's not they have all the money yeah. and they're choosing to be cheap. And there's always a surprise team, and they are this year's rendition of that, man. So I can't wait to see if they can continue this because this is becoming a bigger story uh, by the day. Can I give you some more crazy stats real quickly? Go ahead. They have five guys right now with at least seven games played and all more than 18 at-bats. In fact, that's the low number that have an above 40 percent on base percentage above 400 if you will that's nuts Mm. that they have five guys playing already that are getting on base at a 40 percent clip it's absolutely insane what they're doing i want to go back to they've got the second best start in the history of major league baseball the 82 braves and the 87 brewers both 13 and 0 neither team would not only not win the world series neither team would make the fall classic the cardinals came out of the nl um, in, in those years. So let's go ahead, little m- mid-April prediction. Okay. Do you think the Tampa Bay Rays, they went to the World Series in 2020 during the COVID-shortened season. Do you think Kevin Cash gets the Rays back to the Fall Classic? Yeah, I think they I think they absolutely can. Because people are going to – I saw Mad Dog do this earlier. Did gonna, you say will or can? Both. Please. Will. I think they will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think Tampa Bay is going to make it back to the fall classic. Will, baby, not can. I saw Mad Dog try to throw cold water on this, as put into the words by ESPN.com. Even if they don't go 11-0, are we saying that we don't believe in the Rays if they only have eight wins at this point? If they're only 8-3? 
what? Or would you feel more comfortable saying they'd go all like seven and four? Still a good baseball team. Mm-hmm. Still very good. And the fact that, oh, well, being undefeated, hitting all these home runs, they can't quite do it. Like, think about it. If they don't hit more home runs, I mean, their pitching is still good. Yep. If their pitching is still good, then, or if, if their pitching starts to go a little bit wonky, they still have the bat working for them. Like, what what is the weakness right now for this team? Right now, there's none. But even if they develop some as the season goes on, they have strengths to counterbalance that. This, oh, oh no, you go ahead. Uh, the second thing I want to talk about, and I got a question I'm going to post to you guys. Uh, Luis Arias hit the first cycle in Marlins history yesterday to lead the Marlins to an 8-4 win over Philadelphia. The Marlins were the last active team in Major League Baseball to never have a player hit for the cycle. Wow. Is that the hardest feat to accomplish individually in pro sports? It's a, oh, great, it's a great question. That's a, that's a big one. It just as far as a normal title, right? That is pretty difficult. It might be. I, I will tell you this. Anytime I hear of someone hitting for the cycle, I always think of Benji Molina. Yes. The slowest dude in maybe all of professional sports, including a sport that included Bartolo Colon, Benji Molina hit for the cycle, which means that dude hit a triple. That guy got a cycle, and it is glorious. And so it, it might be. I can't. And I know he said, "Is it or might?" You can, you can be definitive all you want to here if you want. I can't think of one that is harder at the top of my head. Let's go to the text line seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. What would you put up there with it? Because I would say, I mean, it's up there. I'm trying to think of football. Maybe as a quarterback throwing for five hundred yards. Uh, I mean, what is the NBA a quadruple double? That's a good one. Yeah. Quadruple double is really good. Um, I mean, quite literally, it's only happened four times. So quadruple double, if that if that title holds enough of a prowess, then maybe that's the one. Yeah, you I mean, with. football is so many that you can put out there that would be crazy, crazy stats, like depending on what position you play, like a defensive player getting five or six sacks or something like that. But no, I, I would. Go out on a limb. I can't think of really much harder than that. What about it, not the hat trick in the NHL? Talented enough scores. That we'll happens to, pretty yeah, yeah, pretty often. What What is it? Is there a hat trick in football, right, where maybe you can have some kind of interception, fumble recovery, and sack? Isn't that a thing? Have people tried to stretch that? I, would, I don't know if I'd necessarily call that a hat trick. Because um, in hockey, is scoring. So then in football, I would imagine it requires scoring. And then guys have three touchdown games. Well, perfect often. game. Yeah, being perfect. perfect game is up there too. I mean, perfect, perfect baseball game's has some of the harder, yeah, achievements to be able to do. Perfect game is harder. I'm not going to argue that. That's that's certainly number one. Even if you go season long, John the Beer Man wrote in 30-30 club. I mean, if you go over the course of a year, if we're just doing game stuff, then I still think perfect game cycles there. Um, combo meal. Now that's a decent one. I still think cycles harder. What's a combo meal. You hit a home run and steal a base in the same game. Okay. So cycles harder because it's the triple. Yeah. Like guys that lead yeah. the league in triples are getting like what fifteen over That's the course the of a, yeah over Plus the course the scenarios of in which you would have to get each one of those. I mean, yeah, you can get a single, yeah, you can get a double, but then everything has to work out in your favor to get that triple and that home run. Unassisted triple play is a great one. Baseball is the one that has all of these like individual game feats. Yeah, that's yeah. happened. I don't even know how many times, but not many. So if those are good. All right, you want to finish up visit to the mound? Yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about like my favorite home run celebrations we've seen around the the start the, the major league baseball to start <laughs> I'm the sorry, year. I just saw the Orioles. Yeah, the Orioles <laughs> now. I'll, I'll, it, it is a. If you haven't seen it, they have a long funnel, okay. but it only comes out whenever you hit home runs, and they're calling it the dong bong. Yeah. What? And uh, <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. I told Mac that's mm. how he needs to drink his Bojangles hard sweet teas. I tried mine the other night. 
I see why he gets drunk on those. Wait, you tried the dong bong the other night? No, I tried my Bojangles <laughs> uh, hard and sweet tea. All right, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, the Angels, they have a samurai helmet, which looks pretty badass. And Shohei Otani actually ordered it from his native Japan. Oh, okay, um, awesome. And then the Reds... They they have the Viking helmet and the cape combo that you see in the Vikings TV show. Like it. Is this bet all better than the props that were kind of originated by Miami? Almost with the turnover chain. I like all of this stuff. <laughs> I do like all that, and it does. That's the type of stuff baseball needs, man, to get it out there in the mainstream and to get people to see that, you know, it is pretty cool. That he got his dong bong in there, by the way. I think that's why he wanted to do visit to right. today. I think that was the only reason, and you succeeded. Congratulations. <laughs> Love that visit to the mound, man. A lot of uh, cool stuff in there. But I definitely, like I said, the Rays are going to be a story to watch. But when we return to the Wes and Walker show, the Hornets don't want to do what? That's next. <laughs> Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.